How y'all doing tonight? Cool. Awesome. Well, uh, I'm really excited to be up here tonight because I'm actually not teaching. I'm just doing a quick introduction. So let me do that really quick. And then the actual teacher will come up and it's going to be a great night. Now, as a church, um, if you're new here, you've been here for a while, um, what you'll discover is that, t- that typically what happens here on the stage whenever we gather together on a Sunday evening is that the teaching is handled by one of our elders slash pastors of the church. Now, we do that because in the New Testament of the Bible, in the early church, we see that by both their example and by what is taught, that, that, is, uh, that there is the authoritative teaching of the church that happens when the church gathers together. So this is our context for that reality. Now, with that being said, We also affirm that there are opportunities outside of the normal rhythm in which uh, we can invite non-elders into this space to come and teach and bring a teaching that is going to be rooted in their experience or expertise, and that's going to be rooted in the scriptures. And uh, tonight's one of those nights, which gets me super excited about, because tonight we're going to be continuing on a series that we kind of have been doing interspersed throughout the year, and we'll continue doing for probably the years to come. And it's a series called We the Church. And the idea behind this series is that it is an opportunity for us to hear from a diversity of voices from within our biblical community about what it looks like to grow in health as a biblical community, in discipleship, and as we go out to live on mission. So with that in mind, I'm really excited to invite up Aubrey Stitt tonight um, to offer up the Now, Aubrey has been uh, serving uh, this biblical community for years now. She's been serving most recently as the ministry leader for our women's discipleship. She is a deacon of this biblical community, as well as she's a full-time cast member at Walt Disney World. But what I love so much about Aubrey is her zeal, her passion, her deep abiding love for Jesus to draw near to him, and to encourage others to do the same. Uh, So I'm really excited uh, for this teaching tonight to learn alongside all of you. But what I would love is if, before she gets going, if you'd all join me in praying for her in this time together. Father, I thank you for Aubrey. I thank you for my sister that you have gifted her. You've called her into this this evening. And I just pray that you would use her in mighty and powerful ways, um, that our, our hearts would be soft to hear your words through her. Lord, be with her. Encourage her as you encourage us through her. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, hey there, everybody. What's going on? Just before uh, we started the gathering, Danny told me to use my introduction to get comfortable. So I am going to let you guys in on a little secret that when Danny first approached me, throwing out the idea of how about you teach on the stage about something, I was super hesitant. You can ask him. I, he will tell you that I was very reluctant to accept. But when he told me that it was going to be on discipleship and that kind of pitching it as just what's something, what's a lesson that God has shown you that you could just share with our community? What's something that they could, perhaps that God has done in your life that they could also benefit from? So as I thought about that and talked to God about it, I was like, okay, there are definitely things that he has shown me about discipleship because this is a space that I am very passionate about. And in his kindness and grace, he has shown me some, a, a thing or two as I've been going along. So I am happy and glad to get to share that message with you today, so thanks for having me. Um, I want to begin by talking a little bit more about kind of my background in discipleship, and I, when I was in college, I was a part of a campus ministry, 
where the ministry itself was super passionate about discipleship. And I very much was instilled with this idea of, I am called to make disciples with my life. And so that, that fire was lit from within me that I have this passion. I want to make disciples um, just like these people who I've been meeting, who are, I are following the scriptures and pursuing Christ. I want to do that with my life too. And so one of the ways that they did this incorporated discipleship into the ministry was they had a ton of really good resources and tools and material that they would teach to us. So I would be taught by perhaps an older student or by someone on staff and teaching it to me with the mindset of you're going to teach this to someone else too. So that as we're teaching you this, these different packets and going through all this material, you're also going to pass that along and we're going to multiply our lives and make disciples. And it was really exciting and great. And so I loved that. But the one thing that it did um, do in my, in my perspective of discipleship is it centered my perspective as being around material. That discipleship meant you went through material with a person and legitimate successful like to make a legitimate successful disciple was you secured a weekly meeting bi-weekly perhaps that was acceptable or more you know more commonly encouraged weekly meeting that you could sit with them go through packets a b c and d and then at the end of that it's like check a successful disciple has been made and so that's what i went into discipleship thinking and it was i mean that kind of discipleship is super fruitful don't get me wrong there i still pull a lot of what i know and use in my own life of discipleship from those times but when i came to florida after college I entered into this brand new context, into this space where I had all these resources with me and that they had taught me and I, and I was ready to go. I'm like, I'm going to Disney World. I'm going to make disciples in Disney World. And then I get here and realize that if anyone here is on the college program, you know that any sort of regularity and schedule is like chucked out the window. Like there's no way you can get a regular weekly meeting with somebody in that you'd be able to walk through all these things with. So I felt really discouraged at first when I came here and I was thinking, I still really want to make disciples with my life and I have these great things, but it seems like the way that I was taught doesn't really fit this new context that I'm in. And so it kind of threw me back to the question of just what does it even mean to make a disciple? Like if I want to still keep doing this in the environment I'm now in, well, what does that even really mean? And is there other ways to do it? And how do we do that? And perhaps this is a question that you've asked yourself before too. Maybe it's because you also have experienced learning about discipleship in one particular context and now you've kind of been thrown out of that and you're wondering, how can I do this with my life now? Or perhaps you're just completely new to the idea of discipleship and you're thinking, I do not, I didn't go to a college like you did. I didn't learn all those resources. I am certainly not equipped in that way. Probably not even qualified. That call must not be for me. One thing I'm here to tell you is, yes, that call is for you, <laughs> but also to just share some things that the Lord has led me in, in, in kind of providing answers to that question. I do not have the answers. I am not an expert in this, but one thing that the Spirit has led me to see is that if I want to be making disciples in my life, I first need to be a disciple. And so that is kind of the direction we're going to move into tonight is what does that mean to be a disciple? And oftentimes we've heard that idea of being a disciple also alongside this, alongside the same phrase as being a follower of Jesus. Um, that's probably sounds familiar to a lot of people in the room of a follower of Jesus, a disciple of Jesus. And a little bit ago, this is a several years back now, we did this sermon series here at Mosaic called This Spiritual Life. If you weren't here at that time that we did the series, I would highly recommend you go back and they have it all in the message archives there on the website. And um, 
just listen to it from there because it is so good, particularly the first message of the series. And low-key, I kind of maybe thought about just taking that message and like spark noting it and then just being like, guys, listen to all these amazing things because that's how influential it was for my life. And I mean, in a part, I am going to bring you a couple of those things, but then also expound upon um, one of them in particular. And so what I've so often gone back to in that message where it was talking about being a follower of Jesus from this series was they presented the simplicity of to follow Jesus as we follow his way and we follow his truth. And so we need to identify what it is that Christ did with his life. What was he doing just as he was going his ways and what was he speaking about? What was his truth? And so these things, one of the things that also touched on that I want to go more into is how do we know those things? How do we know what his way was? How do we know what his truth is? Is we spend time with him. And oftentimes when we talk about spending time with Jesus here, we say we abide with him and we get that continual time to get to know Jesus more. And if you think about it, this makes sense because if you think of relationships that you have, maybe people in this room, maybe your siblings or your roommates, people that you spend a lot of time with, I think we all can relate that you just naturally rub off on each other, right? Like you naturally start adopting habits or adopting their turns of phrase. And really that goes with anything that we spend a lot of time with. Like even think of TV shows that you've watched a thousand times and how you will suddenly start to just say the same phrases that they say in those TV shows. Or maybe your friends do that too. And then you you kind of adopt the the habits and you you imitate things that you spend a lot of time with. And so it makes sense that that would also be the case with Christ, that when we spend time with him, that we will naturally get get to be shaped and formed to become more like him and thus do this, this following of Jesus thing, being a disciple. And there's no other passage in scripture, I believe, on abiding than in John 15. And so that's where we're going to spend a little time today. But if you were here a couple weeks ago, we actually got to meditate on this passage in John 15. And so if you were, that's, I'm great. I'm glad you're here again, because hopefully it's fresh in your mind and it's just going to further press in the point of what Jesus is trying to say here. And so in John 15, Jesus is speaking with his disciples and he says, starting in verse one. I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. And so I love that Jesus right away is making this connection. He's making this tie of being a disciple of him you will abide with me, you'll bear fruit, and you'll prove to be my disciples. He's connecting this, this idea of abiding with being a disciple of him, that this would be a natural expected occurrence if you were to be seeking to follow his way. And I love also that he uses this image of a vine with a branch, right? Because when a branch is connected to a vine, it's getting its nutrients from that source. It's getting its strength and its ability from that source. But the only way it can actually do that is if it is 
continually connected to that source. It's not like a touch and go kind of thing. It's not like the branch is like here one day off the next day, or like I'm only here in the mornings and then I fall off towards the end of the day. It's the only way that that can actually work when it comes to the plant is that it needs to stay connected. And I know for me, as I am seeking to ever grow in my abiding and spending time with the Lord, it's so easy for me to just go to my Bible, go to prayer in the mornings before I start my day. And then it's kind of like the day gets started, things get busy, and then it's, you know, not really practicing the presence of the Lord much after that point, right? But we're called into this greater sense of abiding with God if we really want to press in and know his ways and his truth. And he says that the result of doing that will be that we bear fruit, that there's, there's a production that takes place that is resulting in transformed uh, character, transformed ways that we are now imitators of Christ and that it glorifies the Father. That's amazing that we have that ability with Christ in us to bring glory to the Father. And he goes even further later in the verse, just after we left off, So prove to be my disciples, Jesus continues in verse nine. And he says, as the father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. So we abide, we bear fruit, we are proved to be disciples and we get to experience his joy. And he said, this is, this is, these are the things I've spoken to you, that your joy may be full and that my joy may be in you. And it's not just these checking boxes. This is something that will bring enjoyment and that will get to rest and bask in his love. That is just so amazing when you, think, when you stop and think about it. And when you pause and also think about this idea of bearing fruit, it's like, okay, well, so what does that even really mean to bear fruit with my life? Um, what will, what will kind of be the telltale sign that I am doing this, that I, that, that God is transforming me? Well, there are a couple of places I also really love in scripture that talk a little more about this idea of bearing fruit. And one of them is in Romans 6, verse 20 through 22. And this is Paul talking to the church in Romans. And he says, for when you were slaves of sin, You were free in regards to righteousness. But what fruit were you getting at that time from the things of which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the fruit you get leads to sanctification and its end eternal life. And what I love so much about this passage, and as we're speaking about the fruit that we're bearing as we're seeking to be disciples, is that it doesn't just talk about the fruit that we bear when we're in Christ and when we have submitted our lives to following that way, it also talks about the fruit that is born when you are not in Christ. So here we are, every, every person on this planet who God has created, we're all fruit bearers. We're just either a slave of sin who's bearing fruit for death, which sounds terrible, or we are a slave of God bearing fruit for righteousness that he, that God is who owns us and our entire identity is, is in him. And we have Christ in us to give us the power to do that, which is just amazing. And that that is going to lead that fruit not is not going to lead to death. It's going to lead to eternal life and also going to lead to sanctification where on, while we're on the way to experiencing and already experiencing this eternal life, we are ever being transformed into Christ-likeness and into holiness. That's what that word sanctification kind of, it, it kind of brings about that idea of Christ-likeness transformed into holiness. 
and then a little bit more in description of this fruit that we bear in our lives is in Galatians, where this is a passage many are probably familiar with, but Galatians 5.22, where it talks about the fruit of the Spirit. And these are things that, as you listen to what these words are, that we can expect these changes in our life when we are staying connected to the vine continuously. It says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. I mean, I don't know about you, but the idea of experiencing more love and more joy in my life, of having patience, of having peace and kindness, those things sound amazing, not only for me to to get to experience, but also that it's fruit born in our life that other people get to experience. And that now when I'm around people, just like how in our relationships we rub off on each other and people, you know, kind of adopt the things about us, well, when people are with me and rubbing and I'm rubbing off on them, I want these things to be rubbing off on them. I don't need my fleshly traits, my, my things that are not great about me that are just of Aubrey to be rubbing off on them. I want the things of Christ to be rubbing off on them. And these things would be these fruits of the spirit and the ways of Christ and his truths. So here we are sitting with this new idea of being a disciple and as I began considering my own identity as a follower of Jesus as being the starting point for making disciples, this has changed the entire way that I approach what disciple making looks like in my own life. And I start from this place of thinking, I am, I am a follower of Jesus. That's just what I'm committed to. That's what I'm doing because of what Christ did for me on the cross. I have submitted to that authority and I am trusting in him as my savior and learning his ways. And so now I just get to participate in a few of these cool things, like one, introducing other people to Jesus so that they can also become followers of Jesus. And then linking arms with them and let's do life together. And, or it's people who I'm already doing life with, like people in this room who are disciples of Jesus following his ways, where we can just be like, hey, what did you learn from God this week? And what are things that you're currently reading in scripture? And do you have any cool things you've learned about tactics of how to spend time with God? Um, and we can, we can express what we've been learning and better empower them and spur them on towards their discipleship. And they can do the same to us in a peer way, um, peer discipleship. And then also this opportunity that we have to find people who are maybe just a few steps ahead of us in their journey, walking with the Lord. And we can ask them, Hey, what is your experience as being a disciple of Jesus been? I would love to get coffee with you and talk to you more about that. And we can learn from these people who are also plugged into the vine and who are also seeking to imitate Christ. In fact, there's a passage in 1 Corinthians that Paul is talking to the church there. In chapter 11, verse 1, he says, Be imitators of me as I am of Christ, that we can look to these other brothers and sisters who are walking along, plugged in with Jesus, abiding with him and learning his ways. And we can also learn from them too and get to experience growth and further intimacy with Christ because we have these other followers who are also imitating Christ. But of course, that's not even that wouldn't even be possible if you were not plugged into the vine. Because if someone is not plugged in with Christ, abiding with him, then you're no longer imitating Christ when you're trying to follow them or if someone's trying to follow me. Now you're just imitating that person, right? And that's not what we want. We want to know more of Christ because we get to experience the amazing abundant fruits that he has and the joy that that brings and resting and basking in his love. And so this has looked for myself in a, in a few ways, this has changed uh, kind of my surroundings and, and how that looks in my life is for one, when I go into work 
I now see that space as not just a space where like, yeah, I want to like be loving and I want to like act like Jesus. And, you know, hopefully people see that and that's all super good, but I can go into that space prayerfully thinking this is a space where disciples can be made. And that is a place of discipleship at my work that disciples are, are there waiting to be made. People are waiting to meet Jesus. And because if I'm staying plugged in, talking about my faith, talking about Christ becomes so much easier when I am regularly communing with him in the mornings, in the middle of the day, in the evenings, while at work, you know, and praying for those people to be introduced to Christ. And then thinking about my community and thinking about those people I'm just doing life with. I have the great privilege to get to live in a house with three other girls who are also following Jesus and also seeking to abide. And over the past few years, I've noticed that just simple, you know, casual hangouts very easily and normally and often (laughs) turn into deep conversations of things that we have been learning about the Lord or scriptures that we're struggling with or frustrations that we have in our pursuit of Christ. And we get to bounce off these ideas and these thoughts that we're having with each other. And, you know, iron sharpens iron. We get to move each other both towards Christ more because of their staying plugged into the vine. I'm staying plugged into the vine. We are taking that time to get to know Jesus's way, to get to know his truth. And that becomes a space of discipleship. My house is a space of discipleship. And same with here at this community, getting to talk to brothers and sisters in the lobby that we would, I would pray that even more and more, we would continue to just talk about in regularity things that God is showing us and getting to be spurred on by one another just in this space. And maybe you're new here and you're like, I don't even know all these people. So what an opportunity. You have so many people that you can meet and potentially link arms with so that you can continue in discipleship together. But then the other space of discipleship that still exists in my life is the very formal structured space. Like the few girls who are in this room who are in my discipleship group currently know that our times are very structured and they are going through material. And you might be like, Avery, you said that was like the thing that, you know, led you the wrong way. But it didn't because it's still amazing. And it's still such a great way to experience discipleship is having really good resources that people have poured their time and energy into led by the spirit to be able to pass those along to others. But no longer is that a space that I am reliant specifically on that material in order to experience discipleship in that space. It's just also another form of outpouring of something that I've learned, something that has spurred me to go closer and closer to Jesus and has been transformative for me. And so that's why using that space and that that space is still super great. Same with Bible study here at the Disney campus. So great. I love being a part of that and such good fruit and growth comes from that space too. And so when, whereas discipleship used to just fit in kind of this one little box of here's how you do discipleship and this is kind of the only way. Now the Lord has shown me, he's like opened the door to how discipleship is in everything we do. We can be experiencing discipleship with those non-believers at work, with our friends and the people we're doing life with, just spurring each other further in and also seeking out those mentors, seeking out people a few steps behind you to say, come on, be imitators of me while I am of Christ. And it's, it's so much simpler and more natural than you would even think. And so if I were to leave you with anything tonight, it would be number one, first and foremost, would be to abide with Christ, that you need to stay plugged into him. And we have gotten to talk about a couple different ways that we do spiritual disciplines is what we'll often call them, which are just these, these rhythms of intimacy with Christ, like studying the word, which we get to learn more about oftentimes in Bible study. If you're able to been able to join us on a Tuesday, 
or intercessory prayer, which I know we've done recently in this space where we've gotten to gather together in small groups and just pray over one another, intercede with God for one another. Um, There's other ones like spending time in community is also a spiritual discipline and spending time just in silence, in solitude, getting to breathe in and just think that the God spirit is in you. If you've submitted your life to him, you have Christ in you and you can sit and rest in that presence and hear from the Lord and hear from the Lord when you, when you read his word. And we actually will have the opportunity to practice one of those spiritual disciplines tonight. Um, Danny will come up and lead us in that. But before that, I'm just going to go ahead and pray and also pray for that we would just be seeking out these discipleship opportunities, that we would view everything that we do as a potential space for discipleship and just ever be growing as first ourselves, disciples, and then also what spaces can we be making disciples and multiplying our lives. So would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, God, we are so grateful that you sent your son to die on the cross for us, that you, he bore our sins in that through him and that sacrifice, through his resurrection, that we get to be called children of God. And Lord, that this whole process of discipleship can even begin with that fact alone. And we are just so grateful for that, Lord. And I pray that, that the gospel would just be made fresh to us every single day, that as we are abiding with you and as you are creating spaces that we can abide with you, that you would just be ever reminding us, ever pressing in the truths and first and foremost, the truth of Christ as our savior. And God, I just pray that for all of the spaces that are gonna happen in the future for, for abiding, that you would just be continuing to transform each of the people in this room. And God, that we can experience deep community and deep discipleship with each other as we are each individually on these journeys to follow you and to know your ways and to know your truth, God. And I just thank you for sharing these things with me as I have wrestled and, and pushed forward in, in understanding what it means to make disciples so that they can be shared here tonight. And God, I just pray for this time that we're about to have, getting to spend with you in abiding, that you would just speak to us, open our hearts and our minds to what you have to say, um, that we'd be able to get to experience intimacy with you right now, tonight, together. In so Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks, Aubrey. So good. All right. Um, as Aubrey said, we are going to move into a time of um, engaging in a spiritual rhythm together as community. Um, I don't know if you're anything like me, but when when talking about abiding, I, I consider abiding when I remember to wake up with my alarm and uh, read my read my Bible and pray and then get into my day. But here's the thing: like assuming I do that in the morning. Nine o'clock always rolls around and then noon and then two o'clock and three 30. And then I'm hungry for the fourth time. And, and it kind of just keeps going. Right. And then at a certain point in the day, I'm like, have I really relied on Jesus? Have I drawn near to him? Have I relied on him and his wisdom, his understanding, uh, his strength or my own? And see, that's where when Aubrey was talking about uh, the importance of abiding and that it is a continual attachment, not just a passing thing that happens early in the morning and then you kind of just do your own thing for the rest of the day. 
Now, with that in mind, uh, there is a spiritual rhythm known as uh, pause, or uh, originally called sacred pause. Uh, that is a spiritual rhythm that incorporates both scripture and prayer. And the idea is to take moments throughout your day, intentional moments, four times a day or so, to pause, to be with Jesus, to draw near. Now, this is a, a tradition that goes back well over a thousand years within the history of the church. Uh, and it is one that through the magic of technology uh, has gotten simple enough that even I can start doing it. Uh, and so I have been using it with some of the guys that I disciple. And I've used it with some of my friends who are with me on staff as well. And the, there's an app called Daily Prayer. And we'll have a QR code up after um, we enter into this time together. And uh, what happens in this app is that it is going to give you notifications four times a day, in the morning, midday, evening, and late evening. It's just these sacred pauses to draw you into a place of confession and prayer, of engaging with the scripture and silence and solitude. And it's been, honestly, for me in this season of my life, quite transformative. Not because of a tool, but because of what the tool provides me the opportunity to do. So with that in mind, I want to invite all of us tonight into engaging in this daily prayer. So we're going to have slides up, and that, that's what it looks like on the, the first screen. So see, evening prayer, that's, to, that's right now. Um, so we're going to uh, enter into this together, and you can do this in a number of ways, whatever is most comfortable or natural for you. Um, I'm going to be showing you whatever is on my screen up there. Uh, we took screenshots so that we could do that. And um, you are more than welcome to just read what's going on up there. You're also welcome to just close your eyes, maybe put your hands out in, in a receiving posture. Um, do whatever it looks like for you to get a little bit just comfortable, natural, so that as we do this, we can just enter into a space of abiding together. So first, we're going to start with an opening prayer from Psalm 36, verses 7 through 9. How priceless is your love, O God. Your people Take refuge under the shadow of your wings. For with you is the well of life. And in your light, we see light. O gladsome light, pure brightness of the ever-living Father in heaven. O Jesus Christ, holy and blessed. Now as we come to the setting of the sun, in our eyes behold the vesper light. We sing praises to God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You are worthy at all times to be praised by happy voices, O Son of God, O giver of light, and to be glorified through all the worlds. Now we're going to move into a time of meditating on the scriptures. So this comes from Psalm 119, starting in verse 73. Your hands have made and fashioned me, Give me understanding that I may learn your commandments. Those who fear you shall see me and rejoice because I have hoped in your word. I know, O Lord, that your rules are righteous and that in faithfulness you have afflicted me. Let your steadfast love comfort me according to your promise to your servant. Let your mercy come to me that I may live. For your law is my delight. Let the insolent be put to shame because they have wronged me with falsehood. As for me, I will meditate on your precepts. Let those who fear you turn to me that they may know your testimonies. May my heart be blameless in your statutes that I may not be put to shame. 
My soul longs for your salvation. I hope in your word. My eyes long for your promise. I ask, when will you comfort me? For I have become like a wineskin in the smoke, yet I have not forgotten your statutes. How long must your servant endure? When will you judge those who persecute me? The insolent have dug pitfalls for me. They don't live according to your law. All your commandments are sure. They persecute me with falsehood. Help me. They have almost made an end of me on earth, but I've not forsaken your precepts. In your steadfast love, give me life that I may keep the testimonies of your mouth. Forever, O Lord, your word is firmly fixed in the heavens. Your faithfulness endures to all generations. You've established the earth and it stands fast. By your appointment, they stand this day. For all things are your servants. If your law had not been my delight, I would have perished in my affliction. I will never forget your precepts, for by them you have given me life. I'm yours. Save me. For I have sought your precepts. The wicked lie and wait to destroy me, but I consider your testimonies. I have seen a limit to all perfection. But your commandment is extremely broad. Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. Your commandment makes me wiser than my enemies, for it is ever with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the aged, for I have kept your precepts. I hold back my feet from every evil way in order to keep your word. I do not turn aside from your rules, for you have taught me. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through your precepts, I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way. Now we're going to meditate on the Lord's Prayer. With each section, I'm going to invite us into just taking a moment just taking a moment to meditate on what does this mean? How, do you, how can you turn this into a personal prayer? So the Lord's Prayer begins, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. So take a moment, close your eyes, and thank God for who he is and his abundant faithfulness. Thy kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Spend a moment praying for God's rule and reign to become a reality over every area of your life. Give us this day our daily bread. Pray for God's provision in your life.
Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. Spend a moment in confession, confession, confessing your sins to the Lord and forgiving people who have wronged you. is not into temptation. Ask for God to guide you in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Deliver us from evil. Pray for God's protection against any of the strategies of Satan. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And now let's close our time with a closing prayer. Lord Jesus, stay with us for evening is at hand and the day is past. Be our companion in the way. Kindle our hearts. Awaken hope that we may know you as you are revealed in scripture and in the breaking of the bread. Grant this for the sake of your love. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys for joining me with that. We have a QR code, one for Android and one for Apple. And so we wanted to, the app's free. We don't make commission on it and neither do I personally. Um, but feel free to just take a snapshot of that QR code. The app is called The Daily Prayer. Um, and, uh, and, and my hope is that, that this might be a opportunity, a reminder for you to draw near to Jesus. At the end of the day, just like Aubrey was talking about all the, the pamphlets and teachings and curriculum that we can use for any type of discipleship. They're tools. They're tools. They're not life. They're tools. And when we think that they are life, they make really crummy saviors. But when we see them as tools, we can allow them to be a space, a way that we can draw near to Jesus. Would you pray with me? Father, I thank you for, uh, for Aubrey, for the way you have gifted her, the way that you have used her here tonight to encourage my heart and the hearts of each of us here in this space. Lord, I pray that in the days and weeks ahead, that, that this idea that we are called to make disciples as we are disciples, as we are discipled by Jesus, that we would not leave these things, abandon these things, or let them just be a quick thing that we go, oh, that sounds cool. Lord, I pray that whether it's through this app or whatever tools that you have for your church, that we, we would stop at nothing to draw near to Jesus, to abide in our vine. And as we do, we can go live on mission. We can be in transformative community. We can do all things because we are attached to Jesus. Use us. Use us, Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray.